I want you to know that today, I want to preach to you about a subject that came to my heart a few weeks ago, about the power of a name, of a name. I want you to know something about the power of a name. A lot can be learned about a name. Names are how we're known. When you meet someone for the first time, you introduce yourself. And you would introduce yourself by telling them what? Your name. If I meet you for the first time, I say, well, how you doing? My name's Larry. Larry who? Larry Raglan. I ain't never had anybody say, what's your middle name? But if they did, I'd say Larry Joe Raglan. Because that's my name. Larry Joe Raglan. And then when you introduce yourself, it's always a little awkward when you say, hi, my name's Larry. How you doing? And they say, good. And they don't, because it's in, our, it's in our culture, if they're really thinking about it, not trying to be mean or whatever, they usually reply by saying, well, it's good to meet you. My name is Mac Daddy. Huh? So the way we begin even relationships and friendships is begun by our name. Somebody say name. Somebody say, what's in a name? See, before you know anything about a person, you know their name. How many's ever said something like this? Well, I don't know anything. Do you, do you know old Jimmy? Do you know old Jimmy that lives down at the end of the street? Yeah, I know Jimmy. Well, tell me something about him. Well, I don't really know much about him. See, you don't know much about him because you never went beyond that part of the relationship, but you know his name. Are you hearing me? How many knows Amazon looks down at something on their, on their sheet of where they deliver, they might not know anything about you, but other than your address, something above, even higher than your address is what? Your name. They'll come to the door. And they won't usually ask you. Sometimes it might happen. But if they came to the church and came to the office, they wouldn't usually say, excuse me, sir, is this 5050 Pinson Valley Parkway? No, their GPS has already told them that. But what they come to the door to find out, are you Mr. Raglan? Yes, sir, well, I have a package for you. How many knows the package was not assigned to the address? The package was assigned to my name. My address tells you where my name resides, which tells you where I live. Are you hearing me? In our culture that we have today, we have friends on Facebook. People friend us that we don't know who they are, have no clue who they are. What's the first thing we do most of the time if we don't know that person and we want to know if we want to accept their request? What do you do, Facebook people? You see if they have any common or mutual friends. You click on the mutual friends. If it says you got 35, 45 mutual friends and you click on them, and what do you do? You scroll through a list of names and immediately in your mind you process, you know who that guy is, you know who that she is, you know, and you think to yourself automatically just by a name, of your friend, you say to yourself, well, you know what? I don't know this guy, 
But I know all these other people. And if we're common friends, I think I'll take a chance on this name. Now you got a friend who has a name of which you have no idea anything about them. And if you're not careful, next thing you know, you're going to get some video in your Facebook messenger trying to get you to click on it, and you're going to get hacked. I'm going somewhere. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm just trying to set this up. Now, as I said in our culture, you probably won't know anything about a person just by their name. If you meet somebody for the first time, if I met Steve Taylor for the first time, I know a lot about Steve Taylor. It's all good, Steve. It's all good. But if I met you for the first time in my life, never knew you in my life, I'd say, hey, man, what's your name? My name's Steve Taylor. Well, how many knows if I've never met him and know nothing about him, his name does not tell me anything about him unless I knew somebody else. That his, maybe his daddy was named Steve Taylor and he lived in this area. I might immediately say, hey, are you any kid to that Steve Taylor down the road? And then all of a sudden I know a little bit about him because I know a little bit about his daddy. Are you hearing me? I'm going somewhere. Most of the time, you don't know, you don't have any kind of preconceived notion about someone just by hearing their name. Unless it's some unusual name. Like if you went up to somebody and, they, and you said, and I'll be the guy that you meet. You go up and you say, how you doing, man? My, my name's Jimmy. What's your name? And I said, what, what? Stay with me now. And I said, my name's Larry Trump. Hold on a second. What'd you say your name was? Larry Trump. Trump? Trump's your last name? Well, let me tell you something about your granddaddy. Whoa, 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 I'm not a part of that Trump. But how many knows you labeled me because of the name Trump? Let's flip it on the other side. What's your name? How you doing, man? My name's Larry Obama. What'd you say your last name was? Obama. Your last name's Obama and you live in Birmingham. Let me tell you something how I feel about your daddy, your granddaddy, Obama. Whoa, 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 I'm not a part of that Obama. Whoa, 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 I'm not a part of that Trump. How many knows nowadays the name Trump, the name Obama carries weight with that name? You may have never heard that name before, the two individuals that are most known for it, but now... The name itself. You ain't never met Trump and you ain't never met Obama and you probably ain't never going to meet either one of them. But for some reason, if anybody says one of those names and you ain't a fan of one of those names, you automatically are thinking about, I don't know if I like this guy. Now you've labeled somebody else Based on somebody else's name. How come on where you think you at today? You at Solid Rock Church. We're gonna tell it like it is. We we will offend equally. Huh? We're gonna offend everyone, okay? There's a bunch of churches you could go to where just one side gets offended. At Solid Rock, we go hit everybody in love. 
Here's another few names that you think about. You, if you say, what's your name, man? My name's Larry Rockefeller. What do you automatically think about me? I got money. You live down there in Mountain Brook? You got one in Mountain Brook, man? Well, no, I live right down there in the trailer park. Not, nothing is trailer parks. This one, please understand. My wife and I had a single wide trailer. No, I'm not, I'm not negating anything. I'm just saying we equate the name Rockefeller with a mansion. But it might mean somebody who's struggling to get by in their life. But now you've labeled them something because of a name. Are you hearing me? Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. What's your name? My name's Larry Einstein. Larry Einstein. How many knows the name Einstein itself has now become an adjective where we describe somebody who's intelligent by the name Einstein? Or... We use it against somebody that we think's an idiot. Well, I'll tell you one thing, he ain't no Einstein. Come on. <laughs> Am I preaching right? Nowadays, some of the older folks may not know this name, but you need to know this name. It's not a common name. Hey, what's your name, man? What's your name? My name is Larry Bezos. Only a handful of people know this, but you need to know this. Bezos is the richest man in the world. He owns Amazon. Hmm? Richest man in the world. Larry Bezos, well, that's an uncommon name. <laughs> I need to be your friend, Larry. Hmm? I'm just trying to go on and on and on. I'm trying to tell you that a person's life and the direction they go with that life will leave a legacy that's tied to a name. And some people have lived off a name of somebody way before them. And they didn't do nothing like that person did. But that name has generational blessings. Get you in doors that other people couldn't get in. Get you jobs, promotions that, are, that other people have worked harder than you, showed up early, stayed late, and they can't understand how you got the job. Well, you got the job because of who your daddy was and your last name, fair or unfair. Am I preaching right? Oh, I'm going to get to the Bible in a second. Some of y'all worry, when you go read scripture, it's coming. Watch this. On the flip side, there are people who have been punished and have walked through generational curses because of the name of a forefather or a foremother. Hmm? I'm having a brain freeze here. What's the name of the guy that's known as a traitor against our country? Benedict Arnold. What if your first name was Larry, your second name was Benedict, and your last name was Arnold? You'd make sure everybody just called you Larry Arnold. But when you was in school or something, your role was called Larry Benedict Arnold. 
God, why do you have to read that second name? Because now everybody's going to turn around. Well, you a traitor? You going to trade? You going to turn against the teacher? Like your great, 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 great granddaddy turned against his nation? Uh-huh. Are y'all hearing me? A name can make you think of lineage. But nowhere in, in the history of humanity is names as important as in the Bible. And in Eastern culture, even to this day, see, we, we go, we Google cute baby names now. That's how we name our babies. Trending baby names. And then, and some of y'all, y'all read a thousand baby names and none of them make sense to none of you don't like any of them. So you take a version of about 10 of them and make your own name. Can I, can I preach a little bit? You know how my younger brother, my only sibling, five years younger than me, got his name? His name is Jeffrey Michael Raglan. You know how he got his name? When I was five years old, my mama took me in the kitchen. Even though I was five, I vividly remember. She was very much pregnant, about to have the child. She had not named my brother yet. She said, I got to come up with a name for your little brother. I need you to help me. Oh, it sounds like I'm about to tell you this deep, meaningful thing. He can't stand it when I tell people this. This is how my brother got his name. She opened up the phone book, blindfolded me at age five, turned me around about five times and said, drop your finger. And it fell on Jeffrey. She turned some other pages. I did it again, and it fell on Michael. And she said, he'll be named Jeffrey Michael. Names in the Bible. I don't know what y'all talking about up there. I'm about to put y'all in the corner. Okay, we will talk over lunch. All right, go ahead and tell me what you said. It's going to drive me crazy. Tell me what you said. Okay, you want to ask? She named me after, she literally named me after a former boyfriend that she loved in high school. And then my dad's name for the middle name. I, I didn't know that until I was a teenager. I said, is there anybody else in our family named Larry? Where'd you come up with Larry? She goes, let me show you a picture of him. And she still had a picture of him from high school. And she said, that was a good looking man. And, and, and it just didn't work out. So I named my son after him. I said, uh, do I need to know anything else about him? Uh, are, you, are you sure I'm not connected to him anyway? She goes, no, 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 that was over a long time ago. But he was still in my heart, so you got named after him. So I'm named after an ex-boyfriend. People in the Bible were given names based on many things. Warfare, current political states, personal tragedy, or even joy. Every name meant something. But there's still a very powerful part of a name that stood the test of time. For all eternity, all names have one thing in common. The person is never named by themselves. Oh, you didn't hear me. You can change your name. Later on to what you want it to be known. But you don't get the shot to name you. 
Are y'all hearing me? Every person that's ever carried a name from birth was given that name by someone else. Think about that. Every human being you come in contact with and you meet them and they introduced themselves to you, whether they ever had any kind of decent or any relationship whatsoever with their parents, or if they had a great relationship, you don't know any of this. You know this. When they say, hi, my name is Larry. What's your name? What they are saying is, I have just told you what I was identified from the moment I came into this earth. This has been with me. I've lost a lot of things. I've gained a lot of things. I've learned a lot of things. I've forgotten a lot of things. But one thing that I've had longer than anything I've ever had in my life is my name. It's just good preaching. So that's the one thing every name has in common, unless it's a name that later on as an adult you changed yourself. Every name has this in common. And it has had this in common for all civilization as long as we've ever been naming people. We were named by someone else. You have to be taught your name. We start calling you, as a baby, your name long before you ever even know that that's your name. We do things like, I'm Daddy. You are Lizzie. Rachel. Daddy. Rachel. And then they just look at you and go, I want some food. Because everything at that point sounds like food. Dada, on the inside, it's like, Bottle? But one, at some point, it clicks. They know who you are. They already know who you are, but now they're now one of the greatest things. What is the greatest thing early on when you have a child that you finally hear them say, your name, notice this, he says daddy, he says mommy. What? Even though you were not given that name by your parents. That is a role that now is associated with a life choice that you've got in front of you now. And nothing is more affirmation. Nothing is more exciting from the first time you hear them say, Dad, Dad, Mama. You know, ah, ah. Facebook, Instagram. She just said Daddy. So I'm known as Larry Joe Ragland. But my greatest name that I have, and they won't call me this anymore because they're grown, It's Daddy. I want them to still call me Daddy. No, I'm Dad. Mom. I want to be Daddy. But they said, it's weird. Dad, I want to call you Dad. I'm an adult. I'm like, okay, whatever you call me, just call me something that's got Dad somewhere in it. I'll take it. Are you hearing me? I'm, 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 I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to preach. My introduction's almost over. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. If you saw my notes, you'd know it's the truth. Back there, they know it's true. Watch this. I'm trying to show you to set up this series. I won't, I won't talk about all this in the coming weeks. If you lose your phone, what is the two things that you are so worried about losing? Pictures and contacts. Huh? 
Because if you're like me, you don't know nobody's phone number, including your own family. It's sad, but if an emergency happened and I lost my contacts and they start naming off people in my family I need to call, I'd be like, they got to find out another way. I have no clue what their number is. Thank God for auto backup now. Hmm. Have you ever lost your contacts? Not your contacts here. You ever lost your address book? Have you ever lost something happened to your phone and you didn't have them backed up and you lost everything? What happens is now in your mind, you've got all these faces in your mind associated with a name in your mind, but no way to get in touch with them. When you search your contacts, you're not, you may have pictures beside them, but you're not searching for their picture because some people can change and update their picture automatically. You're searching for their name. Every human being that has ever existed has been named by another. Except has been named by another human, I should say. Except one. Every human being to ever live has been named by another human being except one. His name is Adam. He was not named by a human being. He was named by God. Are y'all with me? Somebody say Adam was the first name. Now think about it. He was not just the first human. He was the first named human. He was the first one to carry the value of a name. And it is powerful when you study Adam and Eve to see that it was not, it was all a part of God's understanding of his relationship that he had with mankind to create mankind and make a point to give him a name. It's so important for you to understand, God knows us even if we didn't have a name. He made us. He knows us all intimately, individually. But he makes a point, the Bible tells us, that he has our names written in the palm of his hand. He makes a point to say, even though I know all of you, and every single one of you, when you walk into the gates of heaven, I know you, not just by name, I know you because I made you and I'm all-knowing. He makes a point to say to the disciples, rejoice not that demons are subject to you in my name, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Names are so important that when we enter heaven, the Bible says our name is written in a book and our name will be called out by angels. Adam, the word Adam, the, main, the name Adam means simply this, earthy, red, red man. His name means chewing tobacco. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that joke was going to go over or not. No. His name means the dirt. The dirt was, is red in that area. It means he was made of dirt. He's earthy. His name means dirt. How would you like to be known as dirt? Adam is old as dirt. 
Did y'all, did y'all hear what I just said? He's old as dirt. In fact, isn't it interesting that when the curse happened and he looks at the snake, he says, I, he didn't tell us what he ate before, but he says, from this day forward, you will eat dust and dirt. That word dust in the King James is dirt. How many knows the devil feeds on the flesh of man? We are all descendants of the first man. We're all made, Job said, dirt we came out of and dirt we will return. Are y'all hearing me? Adam and Eve were the only two people in the history of humanity who did not have a mother. They were not birthed in a womb. They were created as adults. Every other human being that has ever existed came by way of the womb. Are you with me? Other than Jesus, they're the only two people who did not have an earthly father who provided seed for them to be conceived and born. They had no earthly parents to name them. But they did have a parent to name them. He's all of our ultimate parent. He's our father, which is in heaven. Even Jesus tells us when you pray, start praying this way. Our father. Our father. He didn't say my father. He said our father. He said all of us, we pray our father who art in heaven. Are y'all hearing me? Now, I'm going to read to you one verse. I don't typically preach from the King James Version. Please do not condemn me to hell if you're a KJV-only person, but we'll talk about that another day. But I'm going to read one verse from KJV, and, I'm going to, and the rest of them will be from the New King James Version. Watch what he says in Genesis chapter 5. Yes, it took me almost 30 minutes to get to the Scripture, but I'm going to sleep good tonight. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I know I'm preaching. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, in the King James says this. This is the book of the generations. Everybody say generations. How many of those generations means those that were born after this one? Okay. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In that day, God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Verse 2. It's very powerful that you hear what I'm about to say. Male and female Created he them. Everybody shout them. And blessed who? Them. And called what? Their name Adam. In the day they were created. So contrary to what a lot of people in church think, Eve was actually not named by God, Eve. I'll get to that in a minute. Eve, the woman, male and female, when they were created in the image of God, which is the spirit part of them, which all of us have a spirit. Can I get an amen? Paul calls it the spirit man. He doesn't mean just men 
have a spirit. He means that on the inside, every man and every woman has a spiritual man, if you will, is what it's called. But what, what the only reason it's called that is because it's, it's just the way they all, all the way they could describe it is that all of our spirits are equal because all of us, our spirit man, came out of God. Are y'all with me, church? Say amen. Don't get a little deep on a Sunday morning. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Do y'all like a little deep word every once in a while? See, it's very important for you to catch what it said. In the day that they were created. Genesis 1.26 tells us, and I'm going to read this from, from the New King James. It says, and then God says, this is the day. In the day they were created. He's referring back to this moment. Genesis 1.26, and God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let what? Them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the spirit of man and woman were created with the same authority. If you've heard me say this once, you've heard me say it a hundred times, but we've got new people all the time, so you've got to understand something. God creates first the environment, and then he calls out of the environment the thing that the environment was created to sustain. He made the water, then he spoke to the water and said, well, let the water bring forth fish. He, he created the atmosphere, the, earth, the, the air, the firmament of the heavens, and then he spoke to the firmament of the heavens, and he called birds out of them because that's where they're going to fly. That's where they're going to operate in their purpose. He created the dirt first, separated the dirt from the water he created land and then he spoke to the land and told the land to bring forth the herbs to bring forth the trees and then he then to bring forth every creeping thing that creeps on the earth because everything that's in the dirt whether it be a planet whether it be another animal circle of life is going to feed everything that creeps upon the earth the birds are in their most content place and purpose when they're in the air the fish live and survive and thrive in the water when any of them come outside of the environment of which they were called out of they will die because they were not created to be sustained by that environment. But when God in Genesis 1.26 got ready to create male and female, he didn't call male and female out of the dirt. He did not call them out of the water. He did not call them out of the air. He said, I need their spirit man to be sustained by only one environment and nothing on this earth can sustain them. The only thing that can sustain, sustain them is me. So instead of speaking to anything on this earth, he spoke to himself and pulled us out of himself. Are y'all hearing me? He pulled us out of him. And he says what this means is the only environment that can sustain the spirit being is me. And of course, we understand that that's not all we are. We are a spirit first. It's eternal. By the way, it's eternal whether you're living for God or not. You're going up or you're going down for eternity. A lot of churches don't want to preach on hell, but here's what I say. If you ain't going to preach on hell, don't preach on heaven. Because the same book talks about both of them. Hmm? 
If you ain't going to preach on the devil, don't preach on God. Because the same book tells us about both of them. So here's the reality. The part of us that's eternal that never dies is our spirit. Because when God creates something in the spirit realm, it's a law of God, it never dies. That's why people say, why don't God just kill the devil? Have you ever thought that? I have. I'm like, God, can you just thump him? You're all powerful. Why don't you just kill the devil and we'll all be done with it? Because it's the law of God. He's never going to break his own word. Spirit beings are eternal. They made their choice. He's got an eternal destiny for them that we read in the book of Revelation. That's why he has that lake of fire that, that burns for eternity. Because spirit beings never die. But we possess a soul, which is our mind, our emotions, our intellect, not our brain. But our mind, our emotions, our intellect, and we live in a body. And that body is what we are known of. And our body is what we are named by our parents or loved ones. Where did, where did Adam's body come from? Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So God said, in the natural, I'm creating the flesh from the dirt. The environment that will sustain this is the dirt. We eat things that are grown or live and walk that eats things that are grown from the dirt. So our flesh is sustained by the environment of which it was formed out of. Are you hearing me? Adam took the name Adam instead of male and female taking the name Adam in the natural because Adam was the first to be formed. Therefore, he took the name of the first dirt man. Are you hearing me? You know anything about the story of Eve? You know that Eve was not created from the dust of the earth. Therefore, she did not take the name Adam. The Bible says God took the DNA. Let's get deep here. All the things that made up man in the natural caused him to go into a deep sleep and pulled out of him a rib and around that rib fashioned all the DNA and everything and signifying to us that in the natural realm, ladies, don't get upset with me, in the spirit realm, that's why in this church, contrary to what other people think, they want to label me a heretic because of one verse where it says, let the woman keep silent in the church, and they don't even really know what that, what that means. Because of one verse, they've created an entire uh, environment around it. They won't let women preach and teach whatever, but the Word of God says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason women of God can prophesy, the reason women of God can preach, the reason women of God can cast devils out is because the spirit of a woman is, that's filled with the Holy Ghost has just as much authority and power and anointing of the spirit of a man. Huh? But because understanding the environment sustaining that which came out of it, you understand that in the flesh realm, woman came out of man. Therefore, the order of God in the natural realm here on this earth is for the man to be a provider environment that protects and provides for his wife because she came out of man. 
That doesn't mean she can't take care of herself. That just means it should be in the nature of a man to want to take care and provide and protect his woman. Am I preaching good? Listen to the authority that God gave Adam. It's just powerful. Genesis 2.20. Are y'all still alive? Everybody good? Everybody have their coffee this morning? You awake? Huh? Slap your neighbor and make sure they're not asleep. Don't slap them. Just tap them. My God, somebody just slapped a fire out of somebody out there. Who was that? That was probably a wife slapping the husband going, I've been given permission. (laughs) Now watch this. Genesis 2.20. And Adam gave what? Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam... There was not found a helper comparable to him. You know, I preached it before. Some people think, you know, they, I've heard people preach this. Poor Adam. Adam's sitting there under the tree. He's naming out all these animals and, and from God's infinite wisdom. He, he, God gave all of them a husband and a wife. He looks out and he goes, I call you a lion and your name is Simba. I call you a lioness and your name is Nala. I wish I had a Nala. And he starts looking around and everybody's got somebody to spend their life with. Create a family. And poor old Adam, he's just like, God, where is mine? No, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, and when, when God waited till he got through naming all the animals, He then said, okay, you've done what I gave you the authority to do. Now I'm saying to you, you think you're okay, but it's not good for you to be alone. That's how he created Eve. It was God that said it, not Adam. Are y'all hearing me? Even though though Adam did not create any of the animals and creatures, God did. God, because of Genesis 1.26 when he said, you have dominion. He transferred the right to Adam to name and label the animals by part of his authority. Are y'all hearing me? See, some things that are pretty cool, and a lot of these have changed over time because this is thousands and thousands. Some people believe millions of years, whatever whatever you want to believe. But let's just go on the safe side here and say, say thousands and thousands and thousands of years that the names were given. It's pretty cool that a lot of these names that are still given to animals, when you look up what those names mean, it describes what they are. Go look up, don't do it now, but tonight, go look up the word elephant and say, what does the word elephant mean? Do you know what the word elephant means? Trunk. So what, somebody, whether it was a slur of what Adam named or what, I got, a, I got a feeling that he probably named it. He looked at it and he goes, now I don't know what that thing is. I'm going to call that thing a trunk. And, that's, and when I look at him, that's all I think about is that big old trunk. And he's a big old thing there. So I'm just going to call him an elephant because of his trunk. A lion means hunter and fast as an arrow. Tiger, I mean, Tiger. So a lot of times names were not just something cool that you thought up. They were named as a description or as a definition or sometimes even what you're proclaiming over that child. Are you hearing me? So how did Eve get the name? Now watch this. This is powerful. 
Genesis 3.20 says this. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So if you ask God to this day, if Eve is standing, and I just got to, I mean, I just got to believe Adam and Eve are in heaven, okay? Even though they brought sin into this world, Adam and Eve are up there, y'all. But if you were to ask God what Eve's name is or was, or how do you know him? How do you know her, God, on a personal basis? Well, that's Adam. Well, no, there's Adam right there. I just met Adam. Well, that's Adam too. Because that's who he named her. Adam named his wife Eve. And then he made sure the very first human being to ever name another human being showed us the power of a name because the name Eve means giver of life or breath of life. So he says, I'm going to name you Eve, but I want the world to know. Moses, when he was writing the book of Genesis under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he made sure that we understood why she was named Eve. She was named Eve because the name Eve doesn't just mean the mother of all living. It literally means life giver. One definition means breath of life. It's important for you to remember that. There's something very interesting about the naming of Eve that you may have never thought about. When she was created from Adam's rib, she was simply known as a woman. Everybody say woman. Woman literally means man with a womb. That's what woman means. Womb man. It's a slur of womb man. Now we say woman, or some people be like, whoa, man. Whoa, man, did you see that woman? I've been doing that joke for 20 years. I guess I need some new material. Now watch this. When, when you read the Bible, look at your neighbor and tell them, read the Bible. Just read your Bible. When you read the Bible, you'll see that when the story of the temptation of the serpent, she was, she was only known as woman. It's very interesting. She was never known as Eve. When we see Adam and Eve picking the, the drawings of her picking the fruit, we call it Adam and Eve. At that moment, she was not known as Eve. She was still known as woman. Go read your Bible. Man and woman were inseparable. We have no idea how long from the creation of man, the naming of the animals. How many of those? That took a while. Then the creation of woman being brought to him. You know, the Bible says when she was brought to him, he says, some, he makes a declaration. I'm going to read that in just a minute. But, you know, Larry's unauthorized version, when she was brought to him, he said, Lord, thank you. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> Come on. If y'all could just pretend to laugh. I don't have time to come up with new stuff. Uh, 
We have no idea how long that time was to the temptation. We, we read, we just got this picture that they were created, they walked around, that's like, man, this is cool, man. You know, we'll, you know, I love this suit I got on. They had no idea I was walking in the glory of God. And then like the, within a week, they're like, I'm hungry. You hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. Let's eat from that tree. Oh, I'm naked. We think that happened all within a week. This could have been years and years and years and probably was. When she was created, watch what, watch what happens. It says the Lord caused a deep sleep, Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. The Lord causes a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he, as he slept, he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in the place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken, he made a woman. And he brought her to man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones. Listen to this. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Man with a womb. So God called her female. Even then, Adam calls her woman because she was taken out of man. Now watch this. Therefore, listen to what he says. Before any of this is even understood and comprehended, this had to be a prophetic utterance from the mouth of Adam from Holy Spirit himself. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Do you understand? Before any ceremony, before she ever gave birth to a child, before the understanding of ceremony and family ever existed, at the point of the creation of a man and a woman being brought together, being told, be fruitful and multiply, he utters out of his spirit, we are one in the flesh. We are one in the spirit. We are not two separate. We, the two shall become one flesh. And he declares, even though this has never happened, he knows it's going to happen. When this happens again, when God brings a woman to a man and they fall in love again, he will leave his father and mother and they shall become one flesh. Nowadays, nowadays I know that this don't always happen. And I don't, I'm not here to, do, to make anybody mad about it if you choose not to do this. But it is a tradition in our culture and many cultures around the world that when the two become one flesh and when the husband and wife are married and they say the vows to each other, they come in to the ceremony with two different last names. But when they leave the ceremony, they leave with the same last name. So the name itself, by taking on the name of the Adam figure, we understand it is teaching us in symbolic that just by taking on the name means that no longer am I out here on my own. No longer am I out here on my own. Everything we do in life from now on we do as one. Marriage was instituted by God. Notice at the point of seeing his woman. People say, well, they weren't married. There wasn't nobody there to do the ceremony. How many knows if there was ever a couple that was standing in the presence of God, it was this couple. And the first thing that he says out of his mouth, and the Bible says this, and they were both naked. Watch this. The man and his wife and were not ashamed. God married them at that moment. Are you hearing me? 
it's good preaching. Now, here's something that you need to get that you may have never thought about Eve. Eve, her famous name, she's not, we don't call it, we don't call Adam and Eve man and woman. Do you know the story of man and woman? We don't say, do you know the story of male and female? We say, have you ever heard the story of Adam and Eve? How many of those generations and generations later, they are known by those names, Adam and Eve. But it is interesting. When Eve got her name. Wow, this is powerful. Eve was not named until after the fall. In fact, go back and read your Bible and you'll see the famous scene where God walks through the garden and says, where are you, Adam? They're hiding. We're hiding? Well, I come down here every day in the cool of the day and you ain't never hid before. Why are you hiding today? How many of those God knew the answers? These, these, these were the, what we call altar calls. These were the first altar call. How many of those most preachers? Some people make fun of preachers because they, they, they go one. Two, I'm going to give you one more chance. Three, study the Word of God. When God gave an altar call, He gave more than one. Because He knew it wasn't in the nature of man to come out the first time. Huh? Think about Sodom and Gomorrah when He came and He started talking to Abraham. He he, He let Abraham petition. What if there was this many would you spare? What if there was this many that would you spare? He just kept on, kept on. God just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. Because God's grace and mercy is, is more than we would ever extend to anybody. So he knew the answer. But he says, where are you at? First altar call. We're hiding. Well, why are you hiding? All these are chances to tell the truth. Second altar call. Well, we're naked. Third altar call. Who told you you were naked? Instead of telling the truth, man does what man's still doing. He blames the woman. He says, it was that woman you gave me, Lord. Fourth altar call. Now he's got a specific one because Adam just failed. So he says, I'm going to turn to the woman. All right? Woman, is that true? It was that serpent. Y'all know how the story ends. So he says, all right, y'all come on out. Come on out. They sowed fig leaves, tried to hide themselves. They come and they're standing there. I want you to get this picture. They're standing in shame. They sowed fig leaves to cover their nakedness. They didn't know they were naked before. First of all, there was no shame in the nakedness because they were covered in the glory of God, but sin had never came into this world. The body of the human is, is, was created by God perfectly. Man came in and gave in to, the, to Satan, and Satan has twisted it from love and commitment into lust and causing us to want to do something with our body that what God says is off limits, unholy. Are you all with me? It's 1149. I'm almost through. Now watch this. He says to the man, from this day forward, you're going to have to till the ground by the dust of, uh, uh, dust of the ground, by the sweat of your brow. It did, came, it did come easy for you. But now it's going to come difficult. He looks at the woman. He does not curse the woman with childbirth. 
He had already told them to be fruitful and multiply. He had already married them and expected them to have children. That was the part of, that's called the law of sowing and reaping. He designed the whole process, by the way, how babies are made. He said that the curse is going to be, because of what y'all did, you're going to have pain in childbirth like you've never known before. Then he looks at the devil, and he says to the devil, like I've already said, you're going to crawl upon the dust of the earth, and you're going to feed off the dust of the earth. So he, he and then he says, but then he gives the big promise, but there's a seed coming of the woman. Are y'all hearing me? You will bruise his heel, he'll crush your head. Famous story. All of it's done. I'm closing. All of it's done. The curse that we still deal with happened at that moment. Can you imagine the shame of both of them standing there, realizing in their minds thinking, I've messed it all up for everybody. Eve is looking to her husband who is supposed to be the protector and provider. But she just witnessed him. Their very first conflict they ever had, he threw her absolutely under the bus. Threw it all on her. So now here is this woman shamed. Knowing in her mind to whatever extent she could imagine it. I will forever be known and cursed as the woman that took the fruit from Lucifer, bit into it in an act of disobedience towards God and brought the curse of this earth upon us as I turned and gave it to my husband and caused, in her mind, she's convinced herself, probably he even made her think that, made my husband eat it too. Shame. Well, somehow the grace of God came on Adam. And the Bible says, after the curse of mankind was spoken, and one person stood there feeling like she was carrying the weight of all humanity's curse and sin. The Bible says it is at that moment. It's powerful when you realize it. After everything is said and God is through talking and he steps back, the next thing the Bible says, and Adam looked at his woman and said, from this day forward you shall be known as Eve. He named her at the curse. He, put, he gave her a new identity. Everything that just happened, we're both sorrowful for it. But we're going to make the rest of our life worth it. We're going to raise our kids. We're going to do the best we can to serve God. Listen to me, baby. Look at me. Look at me, baby. I'm sorry what I did. I'm sorry what I said about you. Because I'm not going to allow you to be labeled for the rest of your existence in all history as a curse. I'm going to name you today life, not death. I'm going to name you breath of God. I'm going to name you hope. I'm going to name you new things. I'm going to name you joy. 
that's what gives you. It can, can you even describe, mothers and fathers, the feeling of when you look at your child and they look at you, regardless of their age, and they've got that look in their face, but especially at birth, it's a miracle. They call it the miracle of childbirth. He names her, giver of life, breath of life. So Adam named her the mother of all living, not the mother of all death. Oh, did y'all get that? Is that powerful? Because what happened? What did, what did God say? You eat of that tree, you will surely die. Before Adam stood up and did that, in her mind, and probably for all of humanity, she would be known as the mother of all death. But he made sure to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Anytime anyone ever calls your name from this point forward, all of our children, and anytime anybody ever tells the story, oh, they, they got to tell the whole story, and they're going to tell how we messed up. But they don't even realize it. They don't even know what they're saying. But you're going to know what they're saying. And God's going to know what they're saying. And even the devil's going to know what they're saying. So when you say, hey, you ever heard about the names? You ever heard the names Adam and Eve? You ever heard the story of Adam and Eve? Oh, yeah. We know what you're saying. But you don't even realize when you say, have you heard the story of Adam and Eve? You heard, you're saying, have you heard the story of the man that was created in the image of God? Who was given dominion to name every animal? Who was walked in the cool of the garden? with God oh and yeah oh you're also saying have you heard of the woman that gave birth to all humanity that all of us who live today owe everything to her because she is the mother of all living a lot can be done in a name get up on your feet right now and shout a lot can be done with the power of a name listen to me I'm going to give you a preview of a, of a coming message. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus was given a name above every name. By inheritance is what, gen, what Hebrews chapter 1 says. Listen to this. By inheritance, he has obtained a name more excellent than they. Isn't it powerful? Think about this. Isn't it powerful? It would have been powerful enough for Gabriel to show up to Mary before she even knew she was pregnant as a virgin. It would have been powerful enough for him to come into a dream to Joseph and tell him about the plan. It, could have, it would have still been an unbelievable story if it went like this. Joseph, do not be afraid to take your engaged woman, Mary, into your life. She is pregnant with a child who is a savior of the world. God has overshadowed her, and the Holy Spirit has put the seed of God within her. He will be born. He will be raised up to be the Son of God and save the people from their sin. That, and it happened exactly the way it happened. That would still be an incredible story. But isn't it amazing 
that in both of those appearances by Gabriel, he takes the time to say, Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He tells Mary, and he shall be known as Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. God takes the time to assign a name to the most important event that's ever happened. Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, at the name of Jesus, you can speak to sickness and death and it bows to the name of Jesus. Why, why, why does the name carry so much weight? Because when you just simply say the name, the name sums up him and what he did. So when we say Eve, it sums up forgiveness. It sums up hope. Quit labeling her the carrier of the curse. Her husband didn't call her that for the rest of their existence. Think about it. When Cain and Abel were born, Seth was born, and those stories I'll preach in the coming weeks. When they started learning how to talk, he didn't say, I'm daddy, and this is the woman that caused all our pain. He says, this is mama, but my name is Adam. Her name is Eve. So the next generation was taught the mother of all living was what she was called, not the mother of all death. Hope, when you're born again, when you're born again, you get a new name. Come on, you're still known in this earth by your name, but in heaven, you're known by something else. Are you thankful for a second chance? Come on, give him praise. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Larry, I'm tired of being labeled failure. I'm tired of being labeled loser. I've been labeled that by others and now I've labeled myself that. I want to be named hope. I want to feel hope. I want to feel joy. I want to feel forgiveness tired of living under that label will you come and let me pray for you right now come on up here if that's you you're ready for a change in your life who is it who is it who will be the first one that will bring hope to somebody else and say oh I thought I was by myself but I'm not alone if they went maybe I can go come on thank you sister thank you come on let's give the Lord a praise who else I know I know it's not just one who else it'll be okay if it's just her but I think there's more come on Sandy, step up here with her. Step up here with her. Come on, son. Come on, son. Awesome. Awesome. Proud of you, son. Is there anybody else? Anybody else tired of being labeled? Tired of being labeled? Ready for a new name? Stretch your hands this way. Those that are up here, will you raise your hands? Will you raise your hands? Come on. There you go. There you go. Stretch your hands towards them. Pray this prayer with me. Those that are up here in the whole house, pray it as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for hope, for a second chance. 
Jesus, we thank you. You made it possible when you died on the cross for me. So Jesus, I call your name and I ask you to forgive me because in your name is everything I need. Jesus, forgive me for every sin I've ever committed. From this day forward, I choose to walk with a new name, a child of God. I'm your child. I live in your house. My name is written in your house. I'm now a citizen of two worlds. I live here, but I have rights there because I am a child of God and I am forgiven. Come on, give him praise, give him praise.